Hello and welcome to Mealtime with your hosts, Brad and Panny. Hello. Panny, uh, I wonder if you could tell me uh, who you're eating this evening. Who am I eating? Who, who are you eating? Who? Um, ramen? Ramen. Um, I, I believe you are referring to the cup of noodles. Cup of noodles. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, was, I thought you told me this was authentic ramen. You're sporting, you're sporting that cup well, my friend. You told me this shit was authentic ramen. I'm eating this piss? <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, that's true. Welcome to Mealtime with Brad and Panny. We have uh, reduced ourselves to just eating ramen noodles. We've been eating pretty epic meals yeah. this whole trip. You know, We had some like chorizo sausage with sweet potatoes, potatoes, peppers, and onions with two... Over easy eggs on top for lunch today. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't forget about the cream cheese. Oh, with oh, we did mix some cream cheese in there also, and it was fantastic. You know, we've been having some, and herb. We, we've been having some pretty epic meals, and you know, uh, I think we're just in the mental state now that we're just, you know, we're just gonna have some ramen. Uh, we're also eating sardines straight from the can. Shout out to everyone in the world who says that's disgusting because it's not. It's delicious. It's actually fun. I thought I was disgusting at first, and this kid came in and uh, explained to me, first of all, good for the environment. Why is it good for the environment, Brad? Oh, well, by uh, hunting the smaller fish in the ocean, you reduce the overfishing of these larger fish, like salmon and tuna, so you're helping balance out the ecosystem. All right, there we go. And uh, in olive oil, they actually taste fucking fantastic. Mm -hmm. So those are the two reasons I eat them. If and it was purely in water, food, they yes. get a little, they get fishy if they're yeah, in water. Yeah, that's true. But if you get the olive oil, mm, it's a fatty delight. Speaking of which, I'm going to crack this bad old boy open. So uh, at mealtime, you know, me and Chris have been uh, diving through some kind of counterculture topics. We're working through some deeper issues and things that, you know, we think are important and are overlooked and just kind of hashing out. What we think other people might think, trying to put ourselves in other people's shoes, yes. kind of just philosophizing and figuring things out. That's usually what we do when we're usually out we're in going. nature. So uh, we're having this conversation about releases, right? So we brought up, you know, having sex is it's a great release, but is is it a mental release or a physical release? And we're kind of debating, you know, what. What is a release? Is it mental? Is it physical? What are those things? So, Penny, I wonder if you could dive into a little bit of what you're saying about that. Well, I'm trying to figure out um, how your body responds to stress. So, like, mm -hmm. what's a release from stress? Uh, so, I'll give you an example. Brad went to Thailand, found a beautiful woman. No, I did. That's actually there. No, I did. And he said that was such a release to him. Mm hmm And this is how the conversation got started. Is that more of a physical or mental release? And I was arguing. I know. I felt it was a purely physical release. You know, I had some like built up tension, and I got a good release from it. So that's um. I don't know. It's uh. And my argument kinda, was... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. My argument was... Okay. This, this, this isn't the exact words I said to him, and this is me thinking about it more since we were talking about it, but I feel like 
mostly all mental stress is built up in the body. I think it is. And through him, in your way of releasing... Actually, I don't know if I think this completely. I'm still... We were hashing out what the difference between a mental release and a physical release were. And we aren't sure. Uh, which is what we're going to get to. But I was really trying to figure out, for him, if he's saying it's just a purely physical release, then, okay, it's a physical release, but did it come from physical or mental stress? And is there a way to release mental stress mentally, or do you release everything through a physical means? Yeah, so kind of that whole, like, argument of what is, like, your body sees mental stress the same as physical stress. Yes, which we don't know if it's completely true. Which, yeah, you know, that's what they say. That's a theory. Which, by the way... I'd like to thank the sponsor of this podcast. They. Oh. <laughs> they yeah. say a lot of things. Uh-huh. And we, we quote them a lot on this show, you know. They say a lot of things, and we thank you for your wisdom, they. You are, uh, we don't know if you're completely you're, right, we're but not, we're not sure we who say you they. Are. We're not sure who you are or what you, if you mean well for us, but I do certainly appreciate some of the things you say. Yes. Um, like him thinking Nordics are better than Greeks. <laughs> that's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're like actually trying to hash this out. Um, I mean, Brad, yeah, what are your thoughts on it all? Um, I mean, so we were kind of getting into that whole idea of what kind of separates the mental from the physical, right? If we're going into this realm. So what's mental stress versus physical stress? What's a physical release versus a mental release? You know, both kind of states that you can be in you know people go to the beach they spend spend a day at the beach and they're like oh like what a release so relaxing so what's kind of getting you in what is that mental state and how are you getting there so we were kind of talking about the breath um and we're uh we're both big fans of brian mckenzie and uh xpt and a lot of the other things that he's doing yes um you know he goes into you know he thinks the big benefit of meditation is actually the breathing component and my thought on that is, you know, breathing is one of really the only conscious way we can influence our autonomic nervous system. You know, if you're going to try and slow your heart rate down, the first thing someone's going to do is they're going to start changing the way they're breathing. And so I think it's important to realize that, yes, that breathing is it's, it's a way that we can tap into our mental state with a physical um, action. Right. So if we can then, you know, by just by controlling and consciously thinking about it, breathing, that we can now change our mental state, change our consciousness level. You know, all those they talk about, like alpha waves, delta waves, all that stuff. We're able to influence that through meditation and through breath. So where where do we end up going from there? Like, Well, I think the real argument that we're in. Mm-hmm. Not the argument, but the debate, conversation. Yeah, is and this is kind of is, is the brain body connection. Hmm. Does yes. the, that that's really what we're heading to? Like everything we're talking about is trying to figure out the brain body connection. Totally. And does the body control the brain more? Does the brain control the body? Is it equal? How, like how do they respond to certain things? How does it work? No, I think that's well, really what the discussion is. 
Honestly, yeah, that's kind of what we're getting to. Yeah. You know, like they say, there's no there's no physical representation of consciousness. You know, consciousness doesn't, and the mind in this argument, right? The mind or the body, how's the mind connected to the body? We don't know. No, you know the brain kind of has some like influence there. So I like the idea, um, who says it? Uh, Rupert Sheldrake. You know, that the, the mind is kind of this antenna, this receiver, so for your radio. So the mind can exist in this ethereal plane that we are accessing through our receiver, our brain. And so people are like, oh, well, if you damage this part of the brain, you lose this. And it's like, well, you're, if you cut off the antenna to your receiver, you're only going to receive some channels, you know? So that's, like that. that's his, I didn't yeah. Hear, I didn't hear that. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of uh, to continue down that rabbit hole, you know, getting into the idea of like a collective unconscious, that there is this other... Um, I used the word ethereal before, but yeah, this like other plane where these ideas exist. Um, the the laws of nature and the the what what determines how things grow, how how cells multiply and things. You know, uh, a lot of people want to put genes and uh, like her- hereditary things in control of this but they they only really explain how the proteins are formed in the body they won't don't explain why i look like my dad yeah, they don't or explain hereditary disposition no anyway. and so they do a little bit we, from what we know a little, a little bit. bit yeah so not as much you, as we you chalk have, it up to be exactly yeah i think it's been blown out of proportion what we think today that genes are because yeah. it's been this colossal letdown after the government poured all this money into it, which, by the way, I just watched a documentary about that, uh, the guy who coded the first gene, and he was in competition with the government to be the first to complete a full human genome. Really? And yeah, the government was pouring millions and millions of dollars into it over years, and like he came in and did it in like a year and a half. No, that reminds and, me of the, the Wright brothers, though. Government did mm. the exact same thing. Oh, really? Did that. Know that. They poured money into some scientist or somebody who was supposed to be, like, the genius of their time or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And the Wright brothers beat him to it with, like, literally, I think it was less than, like, a 50th of their money or of his money or wow. some shit. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was more than a 50th. It's, it was some ridiculous money, like, ridiculous That's number. Cool. It yeah. was, in the, was in the early 1900s, and I think they gave him, like, Millions or some shit like that, which is a lot for you. Got the Wright brother millions? No, the guy who he, they were in contact. Oh wow! In, yes, I think it was a millions. I may be wrong on the number. Million sounds like a lot for like the early 1900s. Yeah, it may have been in the. It's probably in hundreds of thousands, but it was a. I know it was a ridiculous amount of money for that. It time. was a lot of money. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. So, the failures of our government aside. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we go. Uh, yeah, yeah, but um, uh, shit. Where were we? Where were we going with that? Um, consciousness. Consciousness, right? Yeah. So we were talking about this uh, other plane where consciousness exists, and in this idea. So, for example, like the the laws of gravity, the laws of physics, right? Those are a human construct. That, which obviously draw their like reference from human loss, right? And 
I think even even our law system right now is an example of that laws are not eternal, right? Laws need to yes. be constantly developed. As as time progresses, you know, like we don't have the same laws that we had in the early 1900s. Like clearly no one's walking around like slaves and shit anymore. So those things change and adapt as we learn and as time ha- progresses. So they're more of our habits as a society. What we believe as a society is right and how we act habitually. And Rupert Sheldrake makes the argument that I'm not done with my fucking noodles, man. What are you yeah, doing? Yeah, eat, bro. I beat you. I'm talking. That's why. I was talking, too. Anyway. <laughs> My so, bad. Um, damn it, Chris. Rupert Sheldrake. Uh, You're talking about laws of... All right. So um, the human laws are more like our habits as a society. And so natural laws are the same way. They're the habits of nature. Things fall to the ground because it's a habit. It's not a law, and it actually changes. So they've measured over time, like, the gravitational constant actually isn't constant. It, it's variable, and it changes where you are in the world, time of year, what's going on. They measure these changes in it. So is it is it a constant? Is that just a eternal force that will always be true and forever be true? Or is it constantly changing? And so that doesn't mean what everyone said back in the day was false— Right, so Isaac Newton wasn't wrong when he said things fall to the ground, but now we have things like Rupert Sheldrake's ideas, Einstein, Albert Einstein's ideas, which have changed our like perception of reality. It just explains a wider spectrum. Isaac Newton's still right, but Albert Einstein was more right because his his theories are more his theories are more applicable to everything light and the speed, habit that's happening at the time point. yeah I mean it's it's math it's not habit but you know it's interesting I get a thought I get a thought a lot so we're we're getting into I'll stop on Rupert Seldrake, which I didn't listen to the whole book. It was so, dude, it was so grueling to get through that fucking book. It was. I couldn't fucking do it. It was a brutal audiobook, but, oh man, if you don't do it in small doses. We're referring to the book Science Set Free by Rupert Sheldrake. Um, really, really uh, thought provoking book where he really challenges uh, the common materialist ideas and views of the science community and kind of where. Where they're wrong. You know, they're not like, it's not everything science has taught you is wrong, but it's kind of like, well, you know, that was kind of driven by money, and this is why it's important for them to stay there. And here's what I think, and what we should do about that's better. Um, that's really cool. You know, he's a, he strikes me as a guy who's really just trying to, to learn and understand. Um, do you think people too many times say something based off a theory and claim it's true without actually having the full evidence? Do you think people do that all the time? 100%. Think about all the shit we learned in school, dude. I remember still learning, like, how muscles work, right? Yeah. So they taught us that anatomy. And then I realized when we learned that again in exercise phys, first was like, this is the theory on how muscles move. It's a theory. Mm-hmm. We do not know for certain that is how muscles work. 
That's our theory. So we could be completely wrong there. And yeah. everyone's taking these things as verbatim. In fact, when they're just regurgitated year after year after year by these professors and teachers, you know, from kindergarten to college, these you were just fed the same idea of thought. And it's not that just sometimes you have to just sit back and think and be like, hey, how true are these facts? Like, do you think that's like I've accepted through the world? No, going back to drifting, I don't, I don't fucking know, man. Where are you going with that? <laughs> oh, I'm just saying, like, people, people listen to what they're told all the time. Is that why you people think just people just drift and they don't actually totally? You know, they're yeah, they're not fully participating. You you got that definition of drifting. You like bringing up. I don't know what you're getting at there. If you so want to like, explain, I don't know. You're talking about us. Just believe in what we're given. Mm-hmm. And that's a perpetuation of just, I don't know, just drifting, like drifting as in you don't question anything. You just go about and you take a back seat, like, the bet, like as you put it. Yeah. Yeah, so you're just regurgitating facts, believing what's shot. Yeah. I think that definitely plays into it, but I think this is even present, you know, in higher institutions. Oh, yeah. You know, like, it's just, it's continually, continually, continually. And it's it's weird, you know, the things we look back on and thought were stupid. Like, I mean, obviously the Earth's flat. But remember when we thought it was round? Yeah, true. <laughs> I mean, come on. Where How do we, we go from flat to round back to flat? I uh, thought we knew things. I thought we progressed. I feel like we're going back to an old theory. Again, again, you know, like, <clears throat> pancakes, dude. Gotta understand how pancakes work. That is another epic meal we had with some fucking pancakes. Yeah, we did. Those were great. Yeah, that was fun. Maybe there's an oval. Maybe we're completely wrong about it's an oval. Maybe it's maybe it's a half round, half flat. You know, it's like a flat roundness. Maybe everybody's right when it comes down to it. It's not like we have pictures of it from space. It could be anything we want. No, all those all those papers are or pictures are uh, photoshopped. Oh, you're right. Sorry, sorry. From the space station that is the moon. Yeah, yeah. Of course. That um, so actually, this brings up a good uh, good point. I guess we could kind of dive into like so belief, right? Mm. We talked about like oh, if we all believe in the United States, it becomes kind of like a reality, a real thing. So if everyone starts believing in flat Earth. Does the Earth eventually become flat? <laughs> like I don't know, bro. Everyone thinks it, right? You know, let's think about it. Let's think about this way. If nobody believed in the United States of America in the 1700s, or in 1776, would mm-hmm. we be United States of America? Probably not. You're right. What would we be? I don't know. We'd have an awesome accent and be fucking British. Why'd they take that shit away from us? Mm. I don't know. Some people like our American accents. They're like, oh, you're American. I'm like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you ask? (laughs) You're American? Well, no. You either hate me or love me. I'm not sure which one. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Anyway, um... I thought on belief 
I don't know. I'd agree with you on the belief stuff. Well, I don't know. What do you, what do you agree with? I'm, I'm not so, sure what you're now. you're talking about that will the earth become physical or become flat? Or well, will it become like, round? So, yeah, no. Will, I, I will it become yes. flat? Will, so if, if, you know, the idea of the earth being flat becomes such a perpetuated fact, right? Does, does the earth become, like, if... What if like things only fall because we believe they fall? Well, yeah, that's so. right. So like, if we all believe the Earth is flat, is the Earth flat? Like, what is our reality? What is defining our reality right now? Yes. Is it our perceptions? Is it our beliefs? Can we change reality with how we think? That's cool. I mean, that's really cool to think about. So, if we all thought the world was flat when we went to space. Like, will we define that as flat or what, like... Well, I mean, we know what flat is. Yeah, but, like... <laughs> no, I'm saying, like... Okay, that was dumb. <laughs> I'm trying, no, I'm trying to... That wasn't what I meant to say. I will call this... Flat. <laughs> <laughs> I've discovered like, this brave new world to be known as flat. So, would you... That, uh, dude, that's... So... All of us believing in one thing, all humans believing in one thing, that does that perpetuate in a alternate reality or what you're talking about from not like alternate reality, our reality. Our yeah, but I'm saying like, okay, so what was what did Rupert Sheldrake talk about as like the radio? So like where we're mm-hmm. getting our transmission from. If all of us believe in it, there right there's the, so there's a collective yes. unconscious, yeah. yeah, and then that changes the way just we see it. Like our perception is, oh, it's flat. It could be, yeah. That, that could that's happen. what I'm thinking. If you have enough people, so like, um, so yeah, if that if that consciousness, that collective unconsciousness, that's existing. So uh, this is this is my thoughts then. Okay, like, and I just given an idea. It's probably not on the same level as that, but like <laughs> ways you can see this happen is Rome probably didn't fall, or like these big colossal. Um, empires probably didn't fall because there weren't more people or they didn't have the ability to defend it. Maybe it's just that people didn't believe in it anymore. Hmm. That's interesting. So so as so take this, you know, a parallel right now, you know, for our grandparents and everything back in the 50s like they believed in the United States. Like the United States was an idea and they were fighting for that idea, yeah. idea like in World War 2 and all yeah. that shit. We were fighting for that idea. And now, what is the idea of the U.S.? Like, it's so torn. So much of our generation is like, yeah, you know, like, we, we don't we don't like America. You know, no. we, we don't like what we've done. We don't like a lot of the things. So we really don't have this belief and trust in America and democracy anymore. Yes. So does that mean, like, so we're on our way down. Like, will the U.S. kind of just dissolve because we've kind of lost that belief? Will we become just like two socialist or like one, you know, you know, crazy conservatives? And you know, we got like the South and Texas, or you know, like will we split into yes. different countries? Like, what will happen? Because we don't believe in it anymore. Or yeah, like... there, there's no common belief, so people will fraction into their beliefs, and then that just leads to more conflict. Uh-huh. Right? That was a long ramble. You talk. No, it wasn't long at all. But I mean, all right. So, 
an example uh, for me. So I'm going into Seer. Mm-hmm. And I remember how I didn't know what the fuck I wanted mm-hmm. when I was at in uh, Florida. And there was like so many thoughts. And it was always just like, oh, this seems like a great idea. And it was like, no, that got shut down. No, this seems like a great idea. And the only yeah. thing that stuck was the same thing I brought up to you maybe like four or five times. Mm-hmm. You remember? And I told you not to do it. <laughs> yeah, you, and I brought it up to you like, no, you told me not to do PJ or CCT. When I talked to you about Seer, you are like, okay. But you weren't a big fan of no, the yeah, military. I was just, yeah, just, just a general. You thought the like, military. I don't know how that's going to be. But no, I mean, it sounds like an amazing opportunity. And it's, But like it's the, mil- the military in general, you were, you didn't like the idea because I told you I was going to go active duty instead of going National Guard. And then remember, it came to the point where I was like, well, if this opportunity comes up, this is what I would take. I do, yeah. And Besides, but, besides the point. Anyway, yeah, but like. I, I remember talking to you and Chaz and my parents about that. I was like, if this opportunity came up, I would do it. But right now, there doesn't seem to be this opportunity. Mm-hmm. But that's the one I would want. And then I started going for my woofer certification so I could go to Hawaii. You remember all that shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I pursued all of those by going to, like, Zion and shit like that. Because I just want to be outdoors. I didn't fucking know what the hell I wanted at that point still. Like, I think it's stupid to get out. I don't think it's stupid. But if somebody gets out of high school and they know what the fuck they want... And they got their life planned out. It's fucking impressive. I ain't got that shit. Yeah, right. I honestly don't. I really don't think you can. It, I don't. I don't know how people do, it and they stick with it unless they have children or something like that. Yeah, they that's have to what we were talking to, to Gordon about, right? Yeah. yeah, like he was. We we met this great guy climbing, um, and you know he used to own a brewery and all this stuff. And I was like, man, yeah, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Like, he sold a brewery. Like, he's done a lot, been successful in a lot of things. And he was like, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. And it's like, wow, well, like, he's a smart does, dude. Yeah. And I was like, does anyone ever have their shit together? Because, like, I was on a path to become a physical therapist for a long time. Complete that path. And now I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, what do I want to be when I grow up? Like, I'm already, I achieved that goal. And now I'm like, ah, I yeah. got to go to something else. Like, well, does anyone ever figure their shit out? You believe so hard you got there. Which I think is awesome. Wait, what? I'm I'm talking about belief. So we're okay. got this whole thing on belief, which I I don't know if I believed really hard to get there. I just studied. You worked hard, but you believed you would become it. I did, yeah. Because I mean, it wasn't that hard. <laughs> it wasn't, but <laughs> take for example somebody who doesn't believe. Maybe that's confidence. Do you think they'd actually get there? That's true. That's true. Or maybe if they just really don't give a shit about it, you know, like. That's true. That's like, because belief and effort. It's, ha- I guess I yeah, it's it. right. It's easy to give up on something you don't believe in. Uh huh. So I guess like the United States, like if we don't believe in the United States, like it's really easy to give up on it. I don't know. That's kind of sad, right? Going back to how I'm a dumb romantic, like you kind of lose that romanticism of oh yeah, we're the United States. We're the best country in the world. Like you know, that's still that's still like a Backsided thought, like it's still kind of there, but at the same time, you're just like, wait a second, we're not the best in the world anymore. Were we ever? Like, yes. I don't know. It's tough. It's it's kind of sad that uh, it would it would be really nice to have that easy belief in something, you know, just to just to know 
to know that that is my truth. Like that could you that could even be religion. People who believe so much in like Christianity or Buddhism or Muslim, uh-huh. like they believe so strongly in that, and that that's got to be comforting, right? But then us, the cynics, we kind of look at them and they we're like, "Hey, wake up, man! Like mm-hmm. you're living a lie. Your reality isn't real reality, but." That's reality to them, and they're happy and hopeful with it. Are we the asshole? Like, like, right? Like, if if we believed in Christianity enough, would we go to heaven? 